Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Stories, brought to you by Kiosk M1C. Kiosk M1C is the voice of Lower Stable Street and has curated all shops, events, and exhibitions on Lower Stable Street since Cold Drop Shard first opened back in 2018. Their mission has been to support new businesses and provide an environment in which they can thrive and grow. I'm Maria Hanlon, and in each episode, I'll be finding out the real stories of how these businesses have developed and how the community has helped shape their journey. In episode 19, I chat to Ada, the founder of Midnight Pantry. Midnight Pantry is best described as a journey to Asia through cookies. I was lucky enough to try a cookie when we recorded this, and I can confirm they are absolutely delicious. We spoke about Ada's time in Paris, learning the craft of pastry, Ada's stall on Lower Stable Street, and what goes on behind the scenes of a busy business. You will definitely want one of Ada's cookies after hearing this. This is episode 19 with Ada from Midnight Pantry. So welcome to the podcast, Ada. Could you tell me your role at Midnight Pantry? Hi, um, I'm Ada. I'm the founder and the baker at Midnight Pantry. Amazing. And what is Midnight Pantry? Um, so Midnight Pantry essentially is a micro bakery specializing in um, East and Southeast Asian flavors, um, cookies and sweet treats. Um, but I also like to see it as like a platform um, to share those flavors and culture uh, from East and Southeast Asia. And how did the journey first begin? So when did you first form this business? Mm, so the business started in 2021 in November. Um, it was not a lockdown business. I know there's a lot of those. Um, but for me, it's really just, I came back from Paris doing a classic French pastry training. Um, and then there was a lockdown. Well, I was just thinking what I want to do. And then I feel like I really want to do something that share a part of me, uh, my culture, and but in particular related to food, um, because food is just something that relates a lot to me growing up. Um, food culture is just a big thing in my family, um, whether it's like sharing food, cooking food. Um, so I just grew up surrounded by all of this. And I feel like I want to, if I want to work, if I want to have a career or anything, it has to be around food. And that's, that's a, this is just a tiny idea that started and then it's just sort of built up from there gradually. And I love cookies. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to throw all of this together. And there's Midnight Pantry. It sounds like the perfect business for you. And also I have to ask, why did you call it Midnight Pantry? Because I think that's such a good name. Um, there is no creativity. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, that sounds good. We'll roll with that. So I basically like that. Um, I was baking with ingredients from my pantry so other than you know the basic stuff um the the flavors of east and southeast asia are the ingredients in my pantry and i basically i'm a night baker so i bake at night after midnight so that's midnight pantry it <laughs> sounds like some sort of that. like fairy tale i'm liking it. <laughs> it sounds like magical um and then you mentioned that you learned the craft of pastry in paris so tell me a bit more about your own backstory into your cookie making career Okay, um, so I wasn't always um, working as a chef or in the food industry. I actually had a desk job for quite a number of years um, in East Asia and Hong Kong. Uh, but when I when I move away from Hong Kong, and um, I always dreamt of doing some sort of pastry training. I don't know if it's just something that... I don't know. It's like a little magical thing in my head that I always wanted to do since I was a teenager. 
And um, first I actually came to London for a few months and then I was like, gosh, Paris is just a train ride. So I start looking up things and I start, you know, researching and I did, um, got some training there and actually worked with uh, one of the oldest pastry shop in Paris. Wow. Um, but obviously after that, I, you know, just training and working, it still feels not exactly what I want. Like, okay, sure, I'm doing like 500, 1,000 costs on a day. Wow. Or like, you know, a lot of that and just just a volume. Um, and I felt like I just really want flavors of my own. Mm-hmm. And, and also back to the point about sharing culture um, and just an extension from what I grew up with. Um, being in a family or being with friends um, that has such a strong um, relationship with food. And I just always feel like food is a language of its own. And it's a language that doesn't need translation. So I really want to use this medium um, to share and to promote flavors and culture, and also just to connect people and start a conversation. Sometimes it's quite hard for you to just tell someone, hey, let's go try this, I don't know, Thai restaurant. I've had this dish, take it. And then people will be like, oh, I'm not sure, it might be like spicy or I'm yeah. not good with herbs. Um, but I felt like no one can really say no to a cookie. <laughs> so basically, I, I just... You can say I just throw all these like weird flavors, but in a familiar form, just to start a conversation. And it could also be old food memories, like a bit of nostalgia as well, if you're really, really familiar with um, East and Southeast Asian flavors. And, um, or it could be both. Like if I had customers who are familiar with certain flavors, for example, miso, I have a miso cookie, um, but they've never had it in a cookie form. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it's it's nostalgic, it's familiar. But oh my gosh, it's new as well. So so that's I think, yeah, that's that's what Minute Pantries is about and that's that's what keep me going and doing this and trying to explore new flavors as well. And just having this growing community of people who are looking for things like this. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's so nice to hear about the backstory there. And you've been so kind. You've brought cookies in for everyone in the room, which Yay! we're all absolutely loving. So talk to me a little bit more about the flavors that you've got. Because I've got a vegan one here, yeah. a chocolate one, which I'm going to try double chalk. So what other flavors do you have? On so offer? we have um, four core flavors on top of the vegan one. We have our bestseller, the miso brown butter, the miso cookie I mentioned earlier. So um, this one is, it's really... A bit of nostalgia for me. I grew up eating a lot of just plain old butter cookie. And when I moved to London, um, I found that all the cookies are are like, had this crazy mix in. You know, it's always chocolate, a lot of stuff going on. And I just want to have something back to the basic, but it's just as good. It's really not just about the flavor, but also about the quality of ingredients. And um, so I brown the butter using the French technique um, to give you this like caramel toffee flavor, mix it with a bit of miso and finish with smoked sea salt. So it's almost like a salted caramel experience without the actual caramel. Mm, that um, sounds so good Yeah, already. so I keep telling people this is like the slightly more sophisticated adult version of your plain old butter cookie. Right. Um, and then obviously we have uh, our very popular matcha and caramelized white chocolate cookie and a um, Japanese soy sauce infused chocolate chip cookie. I do a love savory sweet because 
I don't actually have a sweet tooth. I know it's Same weird. Actually, I don't like things that are super yeah. sweet, so this might be perfect So I think a lot of times when we associate ourselves with chocolate or cookie, we just think of sweetness. But actually, yeah. there's so many more flavors in a biscuit that you can put and incorporate. So I do a lot of this like flavor pairing, savory sweet, or um, different type of textures. You know, there's so much dimension to food than just one singular Definitely. flavor or sensation, right? Um, and then currently we're doing a sesame praline one. Ooh. So it's our first stuffed cookie. Um, last week for that. <laughs> um, and then we also have a new, fav- uh, new flavor for Christmas and for the autumn months. It's our chai spice uh, crumble cookie. These all sound yeah. heavenly. Yeah, they are. They, they are so quite nice. <laughs> and also I mentioned earlier, but I love that they're really thick. And then when you cut them on your Instagram, you can see they're kind of gooey inside. And I think those are always the best cookies in my opinion. Well, like soft you. on the inside thank and a little you. bit crispy on the outside. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> You've made a business from it, so I hope so. And then what does it, how does it work then? So what does a typical day look like behind the scenes? I imagine you said you, you do, you're baking mostly in the evening. So what goes on there? What do you have to prep and how much do you prep before? So essentially, um, I would say there's like three main parts of work that I have to do. Usually I wake up in the morning. It's all like admin and paperwork, you know, a bit of social media here and there. Um, and I would in the afternoon, I would do some like preparation work, some mise en place. So do the cookie dough, you know, do a... Um, so all the cookie dough, we let it actually rest and chill just so all the flavors are very like homogenized. Um, everything is in shape. Everything is like properly portioned, um, you know, not sticky and getting everywhere. So when we bake them... Um, they're all very uniform, so we make sure everyone actually get like same size cookie. Although they they are same same but different. Um, so it's it's a lot of that, just a lot of groundwork preparation during the day, and then um, I actually bake everything to order. So um, if I have an order the next day, I'll be baking the night before or early in the morning. So that would be my routine. And in the weekend, I'll be at Lower Staple Street. <laughs> yeah, that brings me on so nicely to my next question, actually. So you've been on the market quite a bit. How has yeah. that been? So I'm honestly, I'm very grateful to be able to uh, be a part of the community here. It's a really cozy and supportive um, environment, um, not only for customers, but also like, you know, fellow um, traders. Um, and it it really is a place for me to just get out there and f- to talk to people. And that is what Midnight Pantry is about. It's, it's about connecting. It's about conversation, sharing. So, I mean, it's great to sell things online. And these days you can just buy anything, um, you know, on your phone. But I felt like um, being out here and just talking to people, having people try the cookies, or now we have some regulars as well, um, it's just a very rewarding experience and it's definitely helped, um, you know, business-wise. It's, it's definitely helped me to grow the community and actually I've met um, a few people who who turn out to be like business partners and all that thing. So yeah, I'm grateful to be here and thank you <laughs> for having me. And also I bet the cookies go down an absolute treat. Because people are always like walking down like a Sunday. Yes. Like a cookie is the perfect thing, I feel like. To I buy. think so. I think yeah. so. Rain or shine. Cookie yeah, because it's like it will lift you autumnal. Up. It could be summery. Yeah. Any season, I'm down for a cookie. And we always have a flavor free. <laughs> nice. And which one would you say is the best seller? Was it the matcha one? Did you say? Um, the best seller is actually the miso brown butter. So the oh, first one okay. to talk about the savory sweet, the butter cookie. I think 
I was a bit surprised because I was worried that people would be like, oh, I definitely want chocolate in my cookie. But I guess it was just a, it was just a, a necessary stereotype yeah. of me to like assume other people would be like, because I don't always want, you know, chocolate chip in my cookie. So there are, there are a lot it's of people. It's nice to have really options, like isn't yeah. it? The variety. Yeah. And then what would you say is a rewarding part of your job or the most rewarding part? I think for me on a personal level, the most rewarding part is really to be able to realize an idea that was in my mind for a very long time. Not not specifically Midnight Pantry, but like just producing um, products with flavors and texture that I would imagine I would be like having a dinner and I'm like, oh my God, this is it. This is it. And then, sure, I can make a small batch and give it away to friends, but but it just stops there. Um, Midnight Pantry is really like an extension of that. So I can keep doing that and making it happen and um, having people who enjoy that as well, coming back with really good feedback. Um, that is really rewarding. And um, yeah, that, that's what keeps me going. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's so nice that you made something that was an idea into your business. Yeah. It's literally gone through the whole stages. And then on the other side, what is the most challenging part, would you say? I think the most challenging part would be time. <laughs> um, so I do Midnight Pantry my own, so it's a one-woman business. So time is always against me, and there's just so many things I want to do. And in relation to that is really learning to say no. Um, when I first started, I feel like I have to say yes to everything because – Everything is an opportunity. Everything I should try. Nothing wrong with that. I, I still have that attitude. Mm -hmm. But um, gradually I realized I really need to like balance my personal life, my well-being and work. And there is no point of trying to like do everything all at once because Definitely. nothing is going to get done or nothing is going to get done properly. And there are mistakes and issues and it's just, you know, getting worsen the problem so I, I feel like it's really trying to strike that balance is a very fine line but um definitely something I'm still learning and yeah. probably will be something that that <laughs> yeah you continue to learn yeah, it's, continue yeah to it's learn. a hard one I think a lot of people that have come on the podcast mm, have said definitely. something quite similar because when it's your own business or your own sort of baby you want to give it 100% but you can only sustain that for so long and you don't want to burn out or fall out of love with yeah. your business so I completely get that and then this might tie in, but what is the biggest lesson you've learned along the way? Mm, biggest lesson is just stick to it. Um, obviously, there will be a lot of people or other other things um, trying to tell you what you're supposed to do, or or you know nowadays on Instagram, online, there's so many great bakeries, so many like success stories and. And it's hard not to compare yourself with with those people. Um, or once in a while, you have like really bad feedback, or you made like a huge mistake, and and it's it's hard. It's deflating, and and obviously it will bring you down a little bit. Um, but I feel like it's really about channeling your energy and focusing on what you do well. Try to understand that and really. Just try to grow that and people will naturally come to you. That's that's the lesson I've learned. <laughs> yeah, that's a good lesson, but also good advice. I think most people can relate to that for sure. And then what are your future plans for Midnight Pantry? Do you have anything on the horizon? Um, so for me, it's really just about creating more flavors. That's the, that's the biggest joy I 
that's why I do it. Um, but I mean, in the long run, I would really love to um, have some sort of a workshop, really goes back to the root of starting Midnight Pantry again, to be able to share and connect with people. Um, and I would love to cook with other people, have more collaboration. We are having a few collaborations. Um, we just had one and there's two more coming up um, with flavors or other products. And I really enjoy that. And I really hope, as I say in the beginning, Midnight Pantry can be a platform, not just a, a bakery, um, to share East and Southeast Asian culture and, and to just start conversations with other people about it. Yeah. Definitely. That's so cool. And then a bit of a different question that we ask everyone who comes on the podcast is what is the one book or film or it could be exhibition or cookbook maybe that someone wanting to get into baking or even just making their, creating their own business should consume? I, I personally don't have a, a specific book or, or any sort of like, um, like publication or anything like that. I feel like for me, or maybe for a lot of people, um, food is just an everyday thing. Cooking is everyday thing. And it's really, sure, I've had professional training, but I feel like it's really just being in that environment, having that food or people who cook food um, surrounded by those people and just really learn from them. Um, I would say, I mean, I guess my mom and my grandma is my inspiration and when I was a very young age my mom actually bought me this really simple cookbook that wasn't Instagram that wasn't YouTube <laughs> when I was a kid so um yeah and I still have that book with me um it's very simple basically just teach you how to make like a sponge cake or like an omelet but I think just being just immerse yourself in that and and trying to find a way um, to learn from others who are actually doing it. And I think these days it's so much more accessible. Obviously, you can just go online. Um, but just get out there, I think. If you're interested, just get out there and find out. And and, and maybe it's right for you. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Yeah, you won't know until you get out there and <laughs> yeah. try it. That's really good advice once again. And then where is the one place, would you say, in King's Cross that everyone should check out and why? Where's your favorite spot around here? Uh, gosh, I have a few. It uh, is hard to choose, isn't it? There's so many good ones here. But since we're since we're talking about food and I'm in the food <laughs> business, I would say go to Kitchen Provision. So they have really cool stuff um, from books, uh, from kitchenware and lifestyle and um, and and things from different cultures as well. And uh, yeah, I think they're doing something related to like Thai food and all. I just passed by, so it sounds really exciting. That does sound cool. Um, and also I like, you know, just wandering, walking along the canal. So I don't know if that's... That counts. We've yeah, had that, that count before. Yeah, yeah, that's a good It's just one. nice. <laughs> Definitely. <Yeah. laughs> so nice. And then where can people get their hands on a cookie? I'm going to try mine in just a second, but where can people... So uh, we're at Lower Stable Street here every Friday to Sunday. Um, I also have my own online shop, minutepantry.co.uk. And you can also find our cookies at our partners in Soho, Notting Hill, Islington. Amazing. You're so <laughs> taking over London. I love it. I hope so. I'm going to conquer the world. No. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Ada, for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you.